Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to Stone Cold's episode of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. This is episode 316. My name is Jeff, and sitting alongside next to me is my real-life brother. Not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, we only get to do this once, so it's Stone Cold's episode. And how long have you been planning that? Uh, let me see. It's 7.02 p.m. right now, so I think about 6.58 p.m. <laughs> I just happened to look down and it said 316. I was like, oh, 316. Uh, that works. Six years of planning <laughs> boiled down to four minutes. Uh, yeah, I botched it. Oh, well. In, in but, the true tune fashion of great procrastination, <laughs> you, you gave four minutes of prep work to episode 316. Episode 316 says I only give four minutes of prep, son. You guys only get my best. Yeah. only the best we're thinking of you guys over here (laughs) scott what's going on dude man i am excited to see jackass tomorrow night i know we talked about it last week but we haven't had the bro date yet i am excited to see jackass tomorrow i know me too dude i mean just every clip i'm seeing i can't wait to see it get to hang out tomorrow down a couple bang energy shots or bangs and head on into the watch an amazing movie hopefully yeah, well, it's been getting great reviews so far. They've said it's the best of the bunch, which if you're not a fan of Jackass, you're like, that's not saying much. But I'm super excited to see it. I'm actually going to go see it again Saturday night. And I just, I'm, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see it. We've loved Jackass ever since it was on MTV. We went and saw the original movie in the theaters, what, three times? Two, four times? Three. I think it was three. I know I saw it for sure three times. I, there might have been a fourth in there too. Saw the second one a couple times in the theater. Only saw the third one once. But it's one of those. It's it's just become a tradition for us. So super happy we get to do that again. I know we talked about it last week, but I'm just pumped to go see it. I know. Me too, dude. I mean, Knoxville's been doing the media rounds. I've been seeing a, a lot of clips from the movie. Just so stoked to see it. And like you said, we've, we saw it in 2002 when the first one came out. I mean, like you said, we've been watching it when it was on MTV. But the first time it came out, we went and saw it like three times. Uh, when two came out, we saw it together. When three came out, we saw it together. And now we get to see it together again on the opening night. Like you, I'm going to be seeing it a second time on Tuesday. Uh, me and my coworker are heading over to watch it on Tuesday night. $5 movie night here in Alameda. That's perfect. And look, we're talking jackass. That means we're talking Johnny Knoxville. That means we're talking a Royal Rumble entrant. So I guess we can kind of segue into a quick rumble talk if you want. What did you think of the show? Okay, so I read a lot of the bashing of that show online. Dude, I must be the happy kid in the corner because I sat there going, oh, this ain't bad. I, I'm starting to learn the more I pull away from wrestling and then I do go and watch it, I find myself enjoying it more. I don't read people's hate comments online. I don't pay attention to that. 
I sit there and I'm happy to watch wrestling again. I, I, I can't explain it, dude. It's just when I do sit there and I watch AEW, when I do sit there and I watch WWE, I'm not sitting there in disgust or angry or I wasted my time. Like I watched the Rumble on Saturday night. I actually had a good time watching it. And I think it's one of those things is I kind of pulled myself away from wrestling when I do watch it. And I I haven't already devoted six or seven hours of wrestling in the week just to that. I think I'm enjoying wrestling a little bit more now. And it's, it's weird to say, but I think that's what it's happening with me right now. Well, full disclosure... We had recorded Drunk Wrestling History's Valentine's Day episode before watching the Rumble. We had actually paused the show, went and recorded the Valentine's Day episode, and then turned the Rumble on. So I was hammered. And let me just say, that was a great Rumble if you are hammered. I haven't watched it, <laughs> haven't watched it back sober yet, but hey, you have a few Mai Tais, you know, a few being four or five. That's a great show. I had a lot of fun with it. I love the Seth and Roman match. Uh, we kind of talked before we started recording, Jeff, how cool the finish was with the referee dropping Seth's arm on the ropes. Right. Not really something you've seen. And I thought that that was unique. It was creative. I loved the the full circle moment with Roman hitting Seth in the back with the chair. Thought that was really cool. I love the outcome of the match because it leaves that door open for a rematch later on. I love the Heyman swerve. I thought that the women's match was fine. Not a big fan of Ronda Rousey, but look, when you need to fill a stadium, you got to kind of have a big name on the roster. And no offense to Becky Lynch, but Ronda Rousey is that big name that even the casual fan is like, yeah, I'll buy a ticket. So I get it. You know, your your sports entertainment, your big business, you got to put butts, a lot of butts into that stadium. And Ronda Rousey is a big name to put on the bill to sell those tickets. So I get it. And I thought the men's match was fine. I love seeing Knoxville go in there, dude. That was great. So I'm thinking it's a one-off, right? Like he gets eliminated by Sami Zayn. Okay, there's the write-off to their feud. But then Zayn shows up at the premiere of Jackass 4. Right, this and is, gets kicked out. Yeah, like the Beastie Boys in White Castle. <laughs> he got thrown right out. And I'm like, okay, I thought this whole thing was over with, but are they going to try to go to WrestleMania with this thing? I Look, as a Jackass fan, as a WWE fan, as a WrestleMania fan, I really hope the Jackass crew is going to be part of WrestleMania. I mean, look, it can't be any worse than that Paul brother that showed up last year with the whole Zayn and KO thing. Good point. Right. It can't be any worse than that. They're going to make it entertaining. I'm hoping they stretch it to WrestleMania. That would be fantastic. I don't want to see him doing like a scooter race or anything of this nature, but the Jackass crew, I'm sure would make it entertaining. And Sami Zayn's a hell of a character. I'm sure he'd get into it too. And the men's rumble was okay. Uh, let's face it. When we sit back and we watch a rumble, we sit back and we want to see surprises. That's what we want to see. Like Ivory in the women's match. By the way, did you notice that in the women's match, a lot of the legends didn't last long in the in the ring? They did not. And I know you're talking like Melina, Summer Rae, Ivory. Yeah, they got tossed pretty quick. I think there was maybe two that maybe lasted a good while. But anyways... There wasn't that many surprises in the men's rumble, and that was kind of disappointing. But overall, I didn't hate it. I didn't care for how quickly Brock won the end of the rumble. Like it just yeah. seemed like it was bang, 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 done. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, okay. You know, there wasn't even there wasn't even like a Batista John Cena moment. You know, got him up for a power bomb or anything like that. It was just like bang, bang, bang. Brock points to the sign. End of show. 
Yeah, game over, and he gets his revenge on Drew McIntyre from a few years ago at the Rumble. Correct, correct. Uh, by the way, Happy Brock makes for an entertaining show. I'll tell you that much. I agree. It's it's kind of cool because he's been the same guy for so long, right? He's right. got the mouthpiece talking for him. He doesn't show much emotion except for like angry or like uh, competitive or whatever, what have you. It, it, you're right. It is funny to kind of see this change in Brock. I mean, slamming Wee Man through a table the night before the Rumble? <laughs> Brock Lesnar from five years ago wouldn't have even thought about doing something like that. But here right. we are. Who had happy Brock on their 2022 scorecard? Not me. But I, I think I'd like to order the next AEW pay-per-view and sit Whoa. down and watch it. Really? I want to give him a fair shake, dude. Honestly, like I want to I wanna start watching AEW because I heard that Punk and MJF had a hell of a match the other night. And... I love MJF's character. That dude is the biggest shit heel in years. Like, literally gives zero Fs about anything. He'll call your kid a dumbass, and, <laughs> and you'll just laugh. You know, like, he's just, he's the biggest heel, and his character is amazing. So, I- I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to check it out. I just don't want Cody on the card. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Cody's going to be on the card no matter what, dude. <laughs> and Jazzwares is going to make a figure of him from it. <laughs> Um, I don't think you'll be disappointed with AEW. And if you want, come on over here, dude, because we always get the AEW pay-per-views over here. Okay. So come on over. We'll get pizzas or taqueria that I was supposed to take you to regarding the California burrito. Oh, right. Like that's the fourth best taqueria. Well, I haven't tried it, so I can't put it in a ranking just yet. I see. Well, I don't rank for the number two taqueria though. So Steve still is held in very high regards. He only gets the best, dude. (laughs) Congrats, Steve from PPW. (laughs) <laughs> if anybody would like to get any of our t-shirts head on over to pro wrestling tees or what a maneuver.net you can follow us on twitter youtube snapchat and the book of faces at fully opposable instagram fully opposable w f p if you want to go back and listen to any of our past podcasts head on over to podbean stitcher itunes iHeartRadio, and spotify please rate and review on iTunes. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, we got a couple of omissions. Uh, you owe Dylan from Wrestling Figure Database an apology. The Battle Cat that he sent over was actually the Revelations one. It was only $11? Okay, so if I saw the Battle Cat Revelations for 11 bucks, that's a no-brainer, dude. That thing's coming home. I thought for sure that would have been the old school He-Man Battle Cat. But the revelations for 11 that's a $40, I don't even want to call it a figure, that's a $40 toy. Now, the one you saw was not the revelations, right? No, it was the one from the, the relaunch of the old toy line. It was oh, not revelations. Okay. Had I seen that for $11, no doubt that thing's coming home. And it's funny too, because Dylan sent the pictures and when you were talking about it last week, I was thinking, I was like, no, I thought it was the revelation. I was trying to do the picture and the Rolodex and the head, and it just didn't come to me fast enough. So, Damn, sorry, Dylan. That's an amazing price, dude. I would have cleared their shelves and started selling them for like 30 The other, and this, I'm going to call this an omission, but Ring Skirts had a different view regarding the commercial we played last week. A different view? The way Ring Skirts kind of viewed it was... When Iron Sheik and Jimmy Snuka and Hulk Hogan were in that LJN commercial, he said it was the kid's imagination that Hogan, Jimmy Snuka, and Iron Sheik were there. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. So they just didn't like break in like the Kool-Aid man, kill the mom. No. Rough up the kids. Okay. 
Got it. No, we uh, we took it so literal and this ring skirts as like thinking way outside the box. We were like Drax, dude. We were like Drax from uh, what's that movie with the the Disney movie? The that would uh, be Guardians of the Galaxy, and we that, must be so embarrassed. Going forward, now when we watch a couple other commercials, we will kind of keep that in the back of our head. That makes a lot of sense, but I have more fun in my head pretending that Hulk Hogan really burst out of the kitchen ripping off his shirt. Yes. Oh, by the way, the other thing we forgot to mention is Vince McMahon narrated the commercial. Ah, that was Vince's voice. Yes, you are correct. I was so focused on what was going on that I wasn't even paying attention to the voice. Well, you paid attention to the music. Of course, because you bring home all the action. Those are the omissions that we have. Scott, have you gotten anything recently? Uh, No, I have not. Uh, you have a Warlord, not Wardlow, figure coming to me tomorrow. Wardlow? Not Warlord. Not... <laughs> Wardlow? Wait a second. Wait a second. Warlord. Hmm. What was he going for there? No, I'm super excited to add that to the collection. Uh, going to be putting that with the to-be-opened, most likely, figures. Because I've already got the Warlord Classic Superstar signed. So I think that one, I mean, that thing's a beauty. I think it's going to get opened up. So I have a funny story, dude. So just stick with me. This is going to tie into wrestling figures. So yesterday I'm at work and uh, I have a potato and I'm going to cook up the potato in the microwave. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, I'm going to cook the potato in the microwave. Unfortunately, we don't have a potato button on the microwave. I asked Eric, I said, hey, Eric, how long do you put a potato in the microwave for? So Eric Googles it and he goes, 12 minutes. So I put the potato in the microwave for 12 minutes. Long story long, there was a fire in the office yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 12 minutes dude you should have texted me i mean like hey dude you're a very old man i'm sure you've done this before how long do you bake a potato for in the microwave but it, usually i have a potato button but i didn't have the potato button so i thought you know i could just google it you know google will tell me so anyways there's a fire in the office yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and it was all due to you having to eat a potato uh, yeah that you were nuking in the microwave I needed the starch. Anyways, stick with us. This is going to get into wrestling figures in a sec. So we had to do a proper burial for the microwave because the microwave is no longer usable. How'd the potato come out, by the way? <laughs> dude, that, <laughs> thing is, that thing is mummified, dude. That thing is burnt to a crisp, by the way. Well, aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> Still one of my favorite jokes. I love it. It's awesome. So anyways, last night, Eric says to his wife, we got to pick up a microwave for the office. So let's go to Costco. So they go to Costco and they have the same microwave that we had, but it didn't have a potato button. So Eric's like, nope, we're not getting it. It doesn't have a potato button. So Eric goes, I'm going to go to Target and see what they have there and see if we can pick up a microwave at Target. So last night, Eric gets to Target and now Eric's cool because now he's starting to stop off at Figures. Nice. So you've trained him well in multiple facets of his job. Exactly. Yes. But here's the funny part. Eric keeps putting filters on the figures and it comes across hilarious. <laughs> You're like, wow, stinks pretty. <laughs> but no, no, no. It's not like those type of filters. Like he'll put bunny ears or bunny face on MJF or something. <laughs> it comes across actually kind of funny. That's awesome. It does make for a good laugh. So anyways, Eric gets there and he, Target has Unmatched Series 2. And they had Ty Conti, they had Sting Luminaire, and I know that GBM and Norm needed a Wardlow. 
And so I texted them. I said, who needed the word load? Norm was right on. He's like, I do. And so anyways, I asked Eric, I was like, hey, dude, can you pick up the Ty Conti, the Sting, and the Wardlow figure for me, please? Warlord. War- no, not Warlord. <laughs> Wardlow. Wardlow. Got it. War- Warlord is not in Unmatched Series 2, Scott. I see. Also not at Target, I don't believe. No. So it's funny because Eric's wife is going, what do you do? Why are you picking <laughs> picking up all these figures? And he goes, Jeff needs them. And she goes, what is Jeff going to do with him? And Eric goes, put him in his room. And she goes, what does Celeste think about this? And Eric goes, that it's ridiculous. And she goes, what, is, what does she do about it? And he goes, absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, good man, Eric, good man. <laughs> he didn't tell her that you get him signed? Come on. Well, there's that aspect too. Sometimes I get him signed, sometimes I don't. Well, one of those is for sure getting signed. Uh, correct. Uh, Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara, the yep. power wrestling power couple, is going to be in Roseville. I maybe taking a trip up there. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna get those signed. Nice. Yep. So I thought that was a funny story because if I would never have burned that potato, Eric would have never gone to Target. That's right. So thank you, Idaho, for the wonderful potato that Jeff overcooked in a microwave, destroying both your wonderful potato. And their microwave. But thank goodness you are now getting a microwave with a potato button on it. Yes. So you don't ever set it to 12 minutes again. No, has a sensor. It it tells me when the potato's done. (laughs) It starts playing Benny Hill music when the fire's about to start. (laughs) That's the other funny part is we have security cameras in the office. And Eric put uh, Benny Hill music to him and I running around the office. (laughs) It was great, dude. <laughs> it makes everything better. You can't not laugh at oh. anything when you have Benny Hill music to it. But the long and short of it is burnt potato, fried microwave equals AEW figures. Scott, we do have a little bit of news. What do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you going to learn today. All right, Scott, in the news, Mattel is using a new technology. Steve Ozer, in a tweet, called it Jacket Flex technology. As he said, he just made that up in the tweet. But they're now making a new technology to make their figures less Polly Pocket style. So the Jacket Flex technology, uh, I get, is more movable. So you're not breaking limbs off to take off a jacket. That's smart. I know that's been one of the gripes with the Polly Pocket style clothing. So good on Mattel to find a way around that. Steve Ozer said thanks to at Play Stories UK for a quick demo of the video. He kind of made a video showing the flex of the jacket, uh, doing a video of Elite 93 Seth Rollins featuring new jacket flex technology. As he said, he just made that up. But seriously, hats off to Bill McKenna for pushing the limits of what can be done with molded entrance gear on WWE figures. So what a time to be alive, right guys got true FX technology. And now we got jacket flex technology. I thought that meant like you're walking around in a super tight coat and like okay. you go most muscular. Boom. You're like showing off the pecs, the shoulders. So I thought he meant by jacket flex. Nope. Not like that at all. Scott. What about like Chris Farley when he does fat guy in a little coat? <laughs> Why don't we have Tommy Boy figures? Uh, Oh my God, why don't we? Thank you. Come on, some of the millions of toy companies that are out there. Okay, so if NECA made those, would you get those? I think so. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies, dude. Yeah, I would have to. I would at least get Chris Farley, of course. 
Where does it rank as your favorite movie? Uh, see, I don't want to do a list right now. I don't want to, look, if you're doing comedies alone, it's got to be in the top 10. Okay. By the way, uh, Jordan Cassatt said you really need to watch Peacemaker. Okay. I will be getting into it. I actually just watched episode six of the book of Boba Fett last night. Okay. And I'm not going to go into spoilers, but I literally did that because spoilers were starting to float across and there, I did not want to spoil that episode. I was like, okay, people are making a big deal about it. Obviously something big happens before I spoil it because that happened at the end of season two of Mandalorian. I kind of knew what was going to happen. I was pissed. Then I ha- I watched it and it was fine. Like I was still like surprised and I loved it, but I didn't want last night's episode, episode six to get ruined. So I watched it last night. It was great. But I think I'm going to wait till all the Peacemaker episodes, because I was going to do that with Book of Boba Fett. Wait till they all drop and then binge them. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to do that with Peacemaker. They're only doing one at a time? I believe so. Yeah, I don't think they've put all the episodes out yet. Okay, gotcha. I think they're doing like a weekly thing, just like Book of Boba Fett. But I'm watching that, and then we're also doing uh, Righteous Gemstones right now. <gasps> we are on episode two of season two. You guys watched all of season one? Yes, we did. Dude, you didn't tell me this. We have to talk about this. Well, no, you're coming over tomorrow. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, and we could watch Righteous, or we could talk about uh, Righteous Gemstones. Judy is my favorite character. <laughs> Judy is great. Because <laughs> she's literally batshit crazy, and I love her for it. She says, <laughs> I can't say it on this podcast, but, but she had a great line. The three of them were sitting in a couch, like reaffirming each other. Yeah, last episode of season one, right? Yes. <laughs> she makes a comment about finding another guy and if they'll do something. And dude, I did like this weird snort laugh and I think spit flew out of my mouth when I did it because I was not expecting it. Judy kills me. I love the Righteous Gemstones, dude. Shannon and I are really enjoying that one. I love car pranks too. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you're <laughs> car pranks. Those are just guys I do car pranks with. <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad you're watching this, dude. I knew you would love it because I know how much you like um, the lead actor. Oh, God. What's his name? Uh, McBride. Uh, Danny McBride. Or Kenny Powers, if you will. Yeah, I knew you loved him. So I knew you would love the show. Oh, yeah. I've loved him since he was doing um, uh, Kenny Powers, Eastbound and Down. That show is just incredible. Loved him since then. And I love him in this. He's such a great actor. Um Jordan, I will be watching Peacemaker for sure. It's definitely on the list. I've got to watch it. I'm going to watch it, but I've just got other stuff in the hopper. I'm still trying to finish Titans as well. The DC show that's on HBO Max. Okay. I'm about halfway through season three on that. So it's just a lot on the, the watching plate right now. And I don't really watch a lot of TV. So it's kind of bits and pieces, but I'll get to Peacemaker for sure. Scott, sticking with Mattel, WWE Retros went up and they sold out. No shocker there. It was the set with Bob Orton, Roddy Piper, Mean Gene, and Mr. T. They sold out within a few hours. I got mine, and I've got to say that was the easiest pre-order I have ever done. Yeah, it was pretty smooth, right? And you asked me earlier, did you buy anything? And, well, I guess I could have mentioned, yeah, I bought the retros. I was lucky enough to get in on the pre-order. I don't have them in hand, obviously, but... Yeah, I got in on the pre-order. I was lucky enough to get them. And it was one of those things I had actually kind of forgotten. (laughs) Like, as I hang my head in shame, I had actually forgotten they were going up for pre-sale because we got busy at work in the morning and it just, it slipped my mind. I started focusing on, you know, what did we have to do? And then I sit down and it's like, I think it was, 
maybe 10.05, 10.15, somewhere in there. And I jumped on social media, jumped on Facebook, and somebody was like, hey, go get your retros, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God, I completely forgot about the retros. Luckily enough, I jumped on and they were still available. Bought my set, was super happy because I know we had talked last week. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to score them or not. And I uh, was trying not to get my hopes up, but yeah, I was super happy when the pre-order button was still lit up. Got my order in and I cannot wait to get my hands on those. I will say this was the easiest pre-order I've ever done. Yeah. Like there was no hiccup, no lag, even the, uh, what's the capture thing? The, the, hey, pick a street light or something like that. That was easy, easy Yeah, too. where robots can't like, buy toys. <laughs> right. But from beginning to end, it was super easy. We didn't have anybody else in on this. Like, cause some people were saying, oh, this was much easier than the Sergeant Slaughter. Well, gotta go back to the Sergeant Slaughter thing. We had GI Joe collectors in on that. That's what made that a little bit more difficult. Yeah. It was like a triple whammy. It was an exclusive. It was two per customer, not one. And you had the GI Joe fandom stepping into the wrestling fandom. So that was just a bad scenario all around. But yeah, you're right, Jeff. Luckily with the retros, it was just wrestling collectors jumping in on this one. And sorry to burst anybody's bubble or to hurt anybody's feelings. The A-team crowd is not as big as the G.I. Joe collectors. Sorry to burst anybody's bubble. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no offense to you, A-team fans. <laughs> hey, A-team was great. A-team was a great show. I love the A-team. I was actually looking at that Playmobil set that they came out with. Isn't that cool? I love it, dude. But somebody then pointed out that Hannibal looks like Dorothy from Golden Girls and Faith looks like <laughs> Blanche. And I'm out. So, yes, they are sold out. They did send out a picture later on in the day that said NWO sold out. Now, a lot of people took that as a hint for the next set of retros. So if they do four, it would be Hogan Hall, Nash, and X-Pac? That would be my guess because that's who's featured for the new WWE 20, uh, 2K220. Let me retry that. Jeez. For the new WWE 2K22 game upcoming there's an nwo edition and it features hogan hall nash and six so yes you're right if it's going to be a group of four and it's the nwo that would be the four we're going to get which i'm i'm 100 on board with that we're going to get a hogan feather boa and i think that that's awesome scott moving along ftc showed off nova the ecw fans went bizonkers for this i'm glad to see ftc getting love for this somebody did ask is sandman still on the way chris said yes so the american sandman is still on its way awesome gotta love ftc giving ecw all that love and last storm collectibles showed off the menorah suzuki head sculpt now it's just the head sculpt but so far so good in two words holy crap Dude, it's so lifelike. Ugh, it's insane. And I, I know I overuse it a lot, but it's literally like they shrunk his head and made it into an action figure. Correct. It's incredible. I don't know how Storm does that. It's insane how good that head sculpt is. So, Scott, that is it for the news. Are you ready for... Oh, can't spoil it this week. You already spoiled it last week. Network Spotlight, the second edition. Yes, I am ready for that, but... We forgot to do something last week. Um, there was a little thing that we do every single week. Well, we have for like the last three months. And I forgot to do it last week. I'll take ownership on this one. Normally, you take responsibility for the screw-ups. But I will fall on my sword. 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 S-word. And admit that it was my fault we forgot all about the Aquanet Minute. 
You know what? I got to start putting that in the notes. Like I don't even have it in the notes. It's it's one of those things we just remember it. Right. Except last week. And what sucks about it, it was Steve Hoker's birthday last week. And he had actually kind of not really suggested this one, but was talking about them. I'm like, that makes perfect sense for the Aquanet Minute. So in honor of the great Steve Hoker's birthday, the Aquanet Minute for last week and now this week is the debut album by Dangerous Toys. Released in 89, first two tracks, teasing, pleasing, scared, great out. Like Dangerous Toys was not one of those ones that was on my radar in the late 80s, they were not a glam band that I gravitated towards at all. Just because there were so many and I already had so many that I listened to. I was like, eh, can't deal with them. But it's one of those, like, the more I've listened to their stuff, the more I like it. And it's funny because every time I watch Excite, I always watch the 80s rock videos. <laughs> and Scared from Dangerous Toys is always on. So literally last week, I'm sitting here watching Excite, doing something on the computer... And that video came on. It's every single time I watch Excite. Like, not even an exaggeration. 100% of the time I watch Excite, that video comes on. So I had to snap a picture of it, sent it over to Steve. So, Steve, in honor of your birthday, Aquanet Minute, Dangerous Toys, debut album, self-titled, from 89. There it is. So you like them now? I've grown to appreciate them more, yes. Okay. Yep. I've grown to appreciate them. And again, there were so many bands in the 80s that they... In terms of my listening, they just kind of fell off. Like, I never really invested in them because I had so many that I already listened to. I was like, nah, not going to listen to them. But now that I kind of go back and I listen to more of the 80s glam stuff, I dig their stuff. They're good. All right. Well, that is the Aquanet Minute for this week. Okay, now are you ready for WWE Network Spotlight? Now I'm more ready for the Network Spotlight. Let's get into it. We're going back in time. into the second part of the network spotlight series we want you guys to head on over to wrestlingfiguredatabase.com and it's actually important that you go over there because what we did is we pulled the next six figures of this series so count down six figures and then we're going to talk about those ones on wrestlingfiguredatabase.com if you guys want to hear the first episode you got to go back to last week and listen to the nostalgia segment about the first six figures, but so follow along on wrestlingfiguredatabase.com while Scott reads off this list. All right, Scott, what you got for the Network Spotlight series? For the WWE Elite Network Spotlight, next batch of six, this would have been 2017 to 2018. First up, Vince McMahon, and this is shirtless, super buff Vince. He came with a black sweatshirt. And the WWE Championship, and this would have been the, as you put it on here, Jeff, on the notes, a circular version of the WWE Championship. I forget the technical term for that belt. I forget the name. It's the one that came out in about 99, I think it was, 98, 99. Yeah, it was the round version of the the championship. Yeah, I know some belt collectors have a specific name for it, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Next up, Roman Reigns from WrestleMania 32. And he was packaged with the World Heavyweight Championship. Shawn Michaels, and this is Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam 95. He had the blue tights on, was packaged with a ladder. Not a lot of people are super fans of that head sculpt on there, but moving on. The ringmaster, Steve Austin, 
He was in black trunks, white boots, and he came packaged with the million dollar title. TJP came with the WWE Cruiserweight title and the Cruiserweight Tournament medal from winning the whole thing. And last but certainly not least, The Undertaker, more specifically Ministry Undertaker, and he came packaged with a hooded robe and Jeff. That rounds out the last batch of six network spotlights. It feels like they could have dressed up that Sean a little bit better to make people want it. Like, give them the the hat that he used to wear out in a 95 or the like the vest that he would wear to the ring the sunglasses yes yeah if they would have dressed it up just a little bit more i think that would have made that figure more desirable i think it would have looked better in the packaging but i mean you really can't escape or you really can't escape that head sculpt on there it just right it really fell short i loved the look of the tights like mattel really brought it on the tights and the latter is fine because it was SummerSlam 95, but ugh, the head sculpt really just fell short on that one. And people started, actually, it was so bad, people were doing head swaps and it ended yes. up making that figure look 10 times better. Uh, it's funny. I have a story about the ringmaster. I remember I was out in the garage one day and I checked Twitter and somebody sent a picture of the ringmaster network spotlight. And I was like, oh, that's a funny fig swap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. I, I thought it was a figure swap. And I go back on later because I was doing something in the garage and I go back on later and everybody's like, oh my God, it's the first Ringmaster figure. And I'm like, oh, that is an actual Ringmaster figure. <laughs> that was one of those no clue that that was even coming out. Yeah, that was a surprise. And Mattel hasn't done that very often with us. You know, they did it with the then now forever three packs they did it with that ringmaster, but man, th those were the good old days, right? And we're only talking like five years ago, but when you could be surprised by something like that, you weren't expecting and it just shows up on the pegs. Vince McMahon was one I I found out in Denver. I couldn't find it out here. Dublin, Hayward. I couldn't find it at any of the Toys R Us's, Emeryville. Go out to Denver for work and sure enough, I find the Vince out there and I'm like, of course, I have to lug the figure back, make sure I don't bend any corners, you know, got to keep it MOC. Got to love international toy spotting. Right. I get home and I'm like, okay, cool. Vince made it safely. And then like, I'd say three days later, they all of a sudden they started popping up at Dublin Toys R Us and Hayward Toys R Us. I'm like, SOB. Yeah. But it's one of those things you got to grab it when you see it. Exactly. Uh, Ministry Undertaker, I also got. I actually really like that figure. I know you're not a fan of the Ministry Undertaker. Uh, not a fan of that gimmick, but I thought the figure was really well done. That was one of your least favorite Undertaker gimmicks, right? Yes, my favorite being the American Badass. You like the Badass too? That's my favorite version of the Undertaker. Easily, yeah, mine... and it's not even close. Yeah, mine too. I gotta agree with you. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I mean, you liked it for the Lit Biscuit song, and I'll admit it, I did too. Like a chainsaw, right? <laughs> <laughs> cut your ass raw <laughs> okay let's let's move on hold on let me get right. my red hat and put it on backwards oh <laughs> uh, you've got the oh no wait you don't have a goatee anymore never mind i do not but i spell biscuit with a z you're so you're so 2000s dude i'll stop i'll stop <laughs> all right let's go over to the ebay listings vince mcmahon with the circular t WWF title, black sweatshirt, last sold eBay listing, mint on card, of course, December 18th for $74.99. Damn, see, if they made more Vince figures, you wouldn't have to pay $75 for one. Yeah, there's still quite a few of Vince figures out there. 
but not in the grand scheme of things. He's the owner of the company, and John Cena, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, all those guys have had way more figures than Vince. That's why I'm thinking if if they do another stage type thing, I'm really thinking they do a Vince figure with it. I don't think they're going to go stage. I think they're going something else. And how, what they're going to do, we don't know. But I don't know if Vince would even play into that. We'll see. We'll see. Because basically anything after the 80s or the 80s and beyond, they could make Vince a part of it and it would make sense. So... I, I can just see them putting Vince in there just because there aren't a whole bunch of Vince McMahon figures from Mattel. Roman Reigns from his WrestleMania 32 gear World Heavyweight Championship last sold eBay listing January 23rd for $24.99. Now, once sold on January 5th, Mint on Card for $6.50 with nine bids. Oh, almost. We almost had a new line, but we go by last sold eBay listings. So if we would have done this a little bit earlier, before January 23rd, we would have had a Roman Reigns line. Oh, man. Just missed it. Had we started Network Spotlights like a week earlier or two weeks earlier? Yep. We might have gotten that. And when we say line in baseball, there is something called the Mendoza line. It was basically an infielder who always batted around 200. They called it the Mendoza line. It was always that low. Well, And you didn't want to hit below that because then you were worse than the worst player. Correct. So we have the spotlight line, which is now held by Triple H. And also in the main elite line, we have the Mizdow line for the lowest Yes, so Roman Reigns almost had the prestigious honor of being the Roman Reigns line, but alas, we just missed it. Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam 95 with the latter last sold eBay listing $65.99. It's a lot of money to pay for a bad head sculpt. Right? Man. Ringmaster with the million dollar title last sold the eBay listing January 25th for $19.50. TJP with the cruiserweight title and the cruiserweight medal last sold the eBay listing also January 25th, $39.99. Now this was loose complete. There were no MOCs. Wow, really? $40 for a loose figure. Wow. Okay. Well, at least he was complete. Ministry Undertaker with the hooded robe, last sold eBay listing, January 30th for $50. And that rounds out those eBay listings. Favorite figure out of those six? I really love the Ministry Undertaker. I think anything Ministry Undertaker, as far as figures, looks great. And I love the robe that came with it, so I'm going to go in Ministry Undertaker. Okay. Got it. I'm actually going to go TJP. I think that they did a great job on the head sculpt on that one. I loved his tights and the fact that they put the cruiserweight title with him and the medal. I thought that it was great that they acknowledged that cruiserweight tournament and the figure looked great. So favorite out of this assortment for me would be TJP on a scale of one to 10, or I guess you could go zero to 10 for all these six. Man, that Shawn Michaels is really moving the needle downward on this thing. (laughs) Um, Roman Reigns looked like all the other Roman Reigns figures. We did get events. That Ministry Undertaker's really good. 6.8. All right. Dude, Vince is absolutely jacked. Like, he looks like Road Warrior Hawk. Yeah, Stripper Vince. Yes, Stripper Vince. He has, like, the Tatanka body, dude. Like, he's just absolutely jacked. 
how funny would it be if they presented the original figure to him and it wasn't buff enough? And he's like, make it big, damn it. And they did. That figure is ripped. You're right. By the way, uh, GBM has, and Norm have gotten me hooked on this Whatnot app. You know what that is? Yes. So they've gotten me hooked on it. Now, I haven't purchased one thing, but I will say there was a quick moment on Saturday night while I was watching this guy put up UK Galoobs. Ooh. That I almost jumped in. He had a damn near pristine Big Josh loose. No axe. He put it for $100. Oh. I didn't jump in on it, and I'm still kicking myself for it. How much did I end up going for? 105 Oh, dude. He had Sting UK Galoobs. The black jacket? Yes. That went for, I think it was around 100 Yeah, that's a pretty figure. I know it really is. Uh, they had Lex Luger. They had Eligante. They had all, basically all the UK Galoobs. The Steiners combined with the UK version, the UK singlets, went for sixty-five bucks. Both of oh, them. Oh man! As a tag team set. Did he have the Freebirds with the uh, sound module? He did not have. He had the Freebirds, but he did not have them with any of the box set thing. Okay, what the Freebirds end up going for? Freebirds went for eighty-five. The set? Yeah, the two of them together. Dude, if this guy ever ends up with Remco's. Oh, I know, right? You know what we need. Pretty much all of the Matt Manias. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. No, I wasn't doing an Al Snow thing there. We also oh, okay. need the uh, red ring that had the cage. You've tagged me a couple of times and I've been tempted. Well, the price seems to be coming down a little bit, dude. I've noticed that too. Yep. It looks like things are starting to drop a little bit. People are not selling because I've seen a lot of Hasbro posts. Those things aren't selling as quickly as they were. And right. I've noticed it with the Remco stuff as well. Things are dipping a little bit and I've seen that ring at a really good price. So if Remco's pop up on whatnot, dude, start texting me. I will. I'll send you the link because uh, GBM and Norm are sending me links. But I'll tell you what, dude, those UK Galoobs were tough not to jump in on. Oh, I bet. Those were great figures. And what's bad is, and we've talked about this a lot with Galoob, they were really starting to hit their stride. Like, I thought their first ones in the U.S. were great. But then you see what they did with the U.K. ones, and then you look at the prototypes, what was going to come after that, and you're like, damn it, why did they have to fold? They were so good. I know. And I know these were a lot of repaints, but do the Steiners going for 65 The set? Yes, yes. Well, the Steiners repaints make sense. Right, because the Steiners always wrestled in different colored singlets. Right. And they were crazy colors. So you could have done a hundred different Steiners and they all would have looked awesome. So I can totally see that being well worth sixty five bucks. That rounds out the nostalgia segment. We need to jump into the listener segment. What do you say? Let's go talk to him. And I just wanna hear from my people. Tell me can I hear from my people? I just wanna hear from my people. And I just wanna listen. Scott, kicking off the listener segment is the great Bevan Boychuk, double B going on over there. Question for the boys. What year of Hasbro releases do you think was the best and why? Could be character selection, quality of figures, pure nostalgia for that year of programming, or sheer quantity of releases. I took these release dates from figurecollections.com and combined 90 and 91 for the sake of the question. 9091 series 1, series 2 and tag team series 1. 
1992 Series 3, Series 4, Tag Team Series 2, 1993 Series 5, 6, and 7, and 1994 Series 8, 9, 10, and 11. For me, it's clearly 92. The best Hogan and Savage from Series 3, plus Natural Disasters and Mr. Perfect. Brett, Bulldog, and Taker in Series 4 in both tag team sets are incredible, and those, in my opinion, are some of the best figures from the entire line. And I could happily have those and not need any other Hasbros. Completely unrelated, why were Anvil and Owen released two waves apart in 5 and 7, respectively? Have a great weekend, Bevan Boychuk. Thank you, Bevan. Great question, man. I really enjoy that one. Um, Purely nostalgia for me is going to be your combination of 90 and 91. That series won to me because the ring came out at the same time. It was such a great experience to go to Toys R Us and get the ring and all of series one and go home and crack all of that open, build the ring and immediately start throwing matches together. It was just, it was an incredible feeling. And on top of that, we got the tag team assortment. You got the Bushwhackers, the Rockers, you got Demolition with the helmets and you got Crush. So you had three Demolition members now, but only two helmets, which was, that eh, was kind of an issue, but you know, you only send out two to the ring at a time. But I absolutely love Series 1. It's one of the best Macho Man figures ever done. Out of all of the Macho Mans that have been produced, that still is one of the best ones ever done. Probably second only to the Slim Jim Macho Man, Jeff. Yeah, that that's way down there. That's like hovering around 7. Mm-hmm. A very, very soft spot in my heart for that introductory series of Hasbro. And again, it also ties into those memories of watching Primetime Wrestling when the LJNs that had been on Gorilla and Bobby's desk were replaced by these tiny figures that we could barely make out on our 13-inch television unless we ran up on it and squinted and watched it again and the joy of seeing that new figures were being produced and they were polar opposites of what the LJNs were. So much joy in that. And then again, going to Toys R Us and getting the ring and the entire first wave just great memories of that. They did end up doing some figures better later. Bevan, you're absolutely right. That's not the best Hogan that they did. In my opinion, that is the best macho. But they did a better Beefcake. They did a better Boss Man. And eventually we did get Crush to round out Demolition. But it's just that soft spot in my heart for what was Wave 1. Absolutely love 90 to 91 Hasbro. Man, while you were talking, I keep looking at 1994. Series 8 is the greatest series ever in wrestling history, wrestling figure history, I should say. Okay, break it down. Okay, you have the very first Yokozuna. Okay. You have the best Lex Luger ever, probably one of the best Mr. Perfects ever. Okay, yeah, you're right. You got Bam Bam Bigelow. I love that Bam Bam, too. You have the greatest Bret Hart figure ever produced. True. And Undertaker with the Black Cloak. I mean... That, to me, is the greatest series any time in wrestling figure history. The card looked great. It was like this dark red. I still say Series 8 is the greatest series ever. And then on top of that, Series 8, 9, 10, and 11, you get the Steiners, WWF version. You get Series 11, which everybody still clamors for. Series 10 with the purple razor and then the black and silver trunks. Sorry, not trunks, tights. Shawn Michaels, you get the head shrinkers, you get the bushwhackers. It, 94 was just 
awesome for those Hasbros, man. But at the same time, there's that nostalgia from 90 and 91. You got the ring. You got the tag team set. It's tough for me, but I I can't choose between the two, dude. It's like trying to choose your favorite child or pet, whatever. So you're saying 90 to 91 and then 94. Do you want to do a a 1 and 1A? I think almost it sounds like 94 needs to be your number one. I I think 94 is my 1, 90, 91 is my 1A. Now, a funny story, because you did pick 94 with the red card series. Uh Uh-huh. Funny story about us getting that set. We found out from Nathan, who, if you're listening and you know Nathan, you know that Nathan was a notorious liar. (laughs) So when he told you, Jeff, that Village Toy Shop in Castro Valley had a red card series of Hasbros that included Lex Luger and Mr. Perfect and Yokozuna, we were like, BS, dude. You're full of it. You just want us to drive to Castro Valley so when we walk in, you can laugh at us or something stupid. He's like, no, dude, you got to go. Picked you up after school, and we drove from San Lorenzo to Castro Valley, walked in, and it was like the sun was shining through the front door and beaming right on that series, Series 8. Yep. And that's literally how it was laid out because when you walked into the front door, he had an end cap that was filled with action figures. And there were about three pegs full of WWF Hasbro. Yeah. So literally when you walked through the front door, they were right there. Sun was shining behind us. It was like a glorious moment in figure collecting history. And there's the red (laughs) cards were like, dude, Nathan was not lying. And we couldn't believe it because Nathan lied about everything. Well, it was also funny too, because we walked in and we both kind of stopped because we knew where the wrestling figures were. He kept the wrestling, excuse me. He kept the action figures more say, of up front, like he had the mask toys, like Jim Carrey's mask. He had um, G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe. He kept those all up the front. And then the back was all the model trains and planes yes. and all that other stuff in the back. But you and I kind of, you know, scooted in. John saw us. He's like, hey, guys. And we're like, hey. And we're just walking in. And we're like, oh, my God, the red card is here. <laughs> like Nathan didn't lie for once. And thank goodness that he told us about that because had he not, we probably would have missed it because Toys R Us stopped getting Hasbro's basically after the series right before this. Correct. That was when they stopped. And that's when we had to go through John. Yes, exactly. And that was the start of a beautiful friendship. And John, every time they would get a case of Hasbro's in, he'd call my number, leave me a message, and he wouldn't put it out until I called him back. All right. So you're saying 90-91. Yes. And... Maybe that's a little nostalgia heavy, but look, I will stand at the podium and declare I love those bushwhackers. I love the demolition figures, especially with the helmets. I love that Macho Man figure. It's amazing. I just it's that soft spot in my heart for series one and tag team series one. So I gotta go ninety ninety one. All right. Great question, Bevan. That really was a different type of question. We appreciate that, man. So Yeah, got the nostalgic juices flowing. Thank you again, Bevan. Scott, next question comes in from the great, the wonderful, the handsome one himself, Christopher Dean. He says, hello, gents. I've got an easy question to ask, but maybe not to answer. Your top three manias. No specific criteria for me, but mine are just personal favorites. These are mine in ascending order. Starting with number three, WrestleMania 5. The first one for me at 15, I was channel surfing one day and saw Macho Man explaining his side of the Mega Powers explosion. I was captivated and felt he was right to be pissed. 
Liz was being tended to no reason for showboat Hogan to leave his partner to the Twin Towers. Also, the undercard was great with Rude winning and the Rockers versus the Twin Towers and so much more. Great mania to start off with. Number two, WrestleMania 18, The Rock versus Hogan. Great card and main event. I hate Hogan, but the Toronto crowd reaction was remarkable to see and it was historic. And number one, WrestleMania 17. TLC, the heel turn, ill-advised, and the return to stadiums. The storylines and work meshed perfectly. This is standard by which all have to compete as a complete card. To me, the unofficial end to the Attitude Era, as they were taking steps to be corporate entity in WCW and ECW, were gone. I don't think they've ever been more popular and critically praised. That's all for me, and take care. Christopher Dean. All right, Scott, what you got for... Please don't say WrestleMania 4. Well, actually, I wanted to basically back up Chris's favorite. And what's up, Chris? I hope everything's good, my friend. Hope you're feeling better. WrestleMania 17, as his number one, contained Jim Ross's favorite match of all time. At least this is what Jim Ross told me when you and I met him in New Orleans back in 2014. We always ask a question. Or at least, you know, we try to if we're not heaping praise and making things cringeworthy. (laughs) But I asked Jim Ross, what's your favorite match that you've called? And he said his favorite match was the triple threat ladder at 17. That is correct. Yep. So that just kind of backs up what Chris said is his favorite WrestleMania contained Jim Ross's favorite match that he called. For me, I'm going number three is WrestleMania play button. If for no other reason, jumping up and down like an eight-year-old boy after Seth Rollins won the title then looking over and realizing that you and Eddie Martin were doing the exact same thing as I. And then we all proceeded to hug and it was a joyous celebration of Seth defeating Brock and Roman. It was glorious. So number three, WrestleMania play button. Number two, WrestleMania 19. And of course, Jeff, Uh, number one. Oh no. My favorite, your favorite, everyone's favorite should be. Why? Why? WrestleMania four. Oh, good Lord. And if for no other reason, then we got to watch it on closed circuit television at the Oakland Coliseum. And during the tag team match, I had the distinct pleasure of looking over when the match ended and seeing tears in your little eyes because Strike Force had lost the tag titles. I don't know since that moment that I have felt such joy in my heart. You you know what, Prick? You know what? (laughs) What? Tell me. Jack Tunney failed as a commissioner right there. He lost so much respect in my eyes for not going down there and reversing the decision. (laughs) Why didn't any other referee come down? In fact, referees lost my respect that night too. Oh, wasn't Tito Santana beating Mr. Fuji to death and ignoring his partner? (laughs) Yeah, why did he do that? I have no idea. You go back and watch it. You're like, dude, Tito, he's dead. Stop hitting him. (laughs) Like He's literally beating Mr. Fuji to death on the corner. You're beating the crap out of a 65, 70-year-old man. Come on, dude. He's already... <laughs> All he did was stand on the apron. And he hit him, and Mr. Fuji dropped his cane. I don't even blame Fuji on that one. I blame Tito. Anyways. Okay, so my three, I'm going to go I'm gonna go 19. I agree with you. Number two, I will say, mm, man, 22. Uh, or number two. You know... WrestleMania 21, dude, outside of that big show and uh, sumo match. Akibono, yep. That was a good card, dude. It was the first ever ladder match. You kicked off with Eddie and Ray. 
Batista and Triple H was a great match. Cena and JBL, that, that match was all right. I've never been a big JBL fan, so... Had my second favorite Undertaker match ever. Against Orton, exactly. So, dude, I have a soft spot for 21. I, I may put that at number two, and then number one is WrestleMania 31. Go back and watch WrestleMania 31. From top to bottom, that was a stellar show. I still say Roman and Brock is highly underrated by a lot of people. They beat the crap out of each other. Put your feelings aside for both guys, Roman and Brock. Well, Roman's getting a lot more respect nowadays, but put your feelings aside for Roman and Brock and watch that match, dude. They beat the living bejesus out of each other. They did. They were throwing potatoes, dude. And, you know, Roman of seven years ago versus Roman now, it's a huge difference. Like, people hated Roman. That crowd showed him no love. But man, him and Brock got in the ring. They tore it up. I also want to point out, Jeff, there's a running trend in my three and your three. We were at all of them. We were, we were. Maybe that's another reason why they feel special to us. Yeah, well, you had mentioned 22 as well. 22 was great. I had an awesome time in Chicago. I love Chicago, dude. I would love to go back there one of these days. But man, that was a great crowd. It was a great card. I wouldn't argue with you at all if you had put number 22. Uh, uh, Unlike the respect that you showed my list when you were guffawing at number one. I like number three and number two. You always like number two. (laughs) I'm always doing number two. (laughs) You're always taking Steve from PPW to Taqueria number two. (laughs) And when you go back to Chicago, he'll take you to the second best pizzeria. (laughs) No, he'll take me to the best pizzeria. He'll take you to the second best pizzeria. (laughs) Christopher, thank you very much. Uh, let me, okay, wait, wait, hold on real quick, real quick, Scott, we got to do this real quick on the fly. Your top three was 19, uh, no order, 19, four, and what was the other one? 31? 31. Favorite figure from those three. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so from four, yeah, I would have to go Macho Hasbro, as we talked about earlier in Bevan's question, in my opinion, probably the second best Macho figure ever done. Oh man. Hold on. Let me think. 31. I'm thinking the Triple H Elite. Where he had his entrance gear on. Oh, good call. Good call. With the Terminator look. Uh-huh. And then 19. Oof. Man, did they do a special figure from 19? Did they do a, um, a triple? Because Triple H was wearing... White boots. White boots and purple trunks, I think. Yeah, that match was terrible. Him and Booker T. Ugh. That was booked horribly, dude. To this day, I'm like, why in the hell didn't Booker T win that match? You could say Hogan and Vince. You could say... Man, okay, but pick a badass Undertaker, American badass Undertaker figure, and we'll go with that one. They did an elite not too long ago of badass Undertaker. Yeah. So we'll go with that. All right, good call, man. I just wanted to do that on the fly. That was a lot of fun. Well, unfortunately, see, they never made a Fred Durst figure from when he sang Undertaker's entrance. God damn it. Why does Fred Durst keep popping up on this goddamn show? Little <laughs> did anybody know when they tuned into episode 316 of Fully Posable, Limp Biscuit was going <laughs> to get mentioned like four times. Oh my God. Between last week and this week, a chainsaw. God damn it. (laughs) Thank you, Christopher, for the question. Scott, next question comes in from the one that we had no mission to earlier in the show, ring skirts. Let's see what ring skirts has got to say. What's up, Scott and Jeff. This is Nate ring skirts coming to you live from the wrestle cave. I'd like to give you guys a special trivia showdown challenge to try to see how much you guys really know about wrestling figures. Uh, Here's how this challenge is going to work. 
I'm going to have you guys in showdown gauntlet style go one-on-one with each other to determine who is the best Toon Brother of the week. You'll take turns naming wrestling figures that fit within the category that I'm about to reveal to you. And we're going to keep it right in your wheelhouse, make it nice and easy to begin with. We're going to go with the LJN 8-inch line. Keep in mind that only LJN figures count. The Sergeant Slaughter mail-away would not count for this game. And things like repaints and variants don't matter. They're all considered the same figure. Um, The challenge is this. I want you guys to go back and forth, taking turns naming LJN wrestling figures that came with hats. A hat is considered an article of clothing that's going to cover the entire top of your head. So a headband would not count as a hat. But any other kind of a hat or a do-rag would count. It doesn't matter if it's a removable accessory or a molded-on accessory. All are considered hats. Um, I have scoured my personal collection of LJNs, and I've cross-referenced it with the LJN uh, figures on Wrestling Figure Database to find that there are 11 LJN figures that come with some form of a hat. Let's see if you guys can come up with them one at a time, beginning with Jeff. Jeff gets to go first because he has the better IMDB page. Sorry, Scott, that's the rule that he told me. We had to have in order to get this show off on the road. Good luck, guys. May the best tune win. I okay. I'm all for this. I love this. Uh, thank you, Nate. This is a lot of fun. I'm actually excited about this. Are you ready, Scott? I am very ready. But let me tell Nate. Nate, thank you for always being the moral compass of the show. When we need to call on you for some advice, you're always there. So thank you for that, and thank you for bringing this game to the show. I'm loving this. And I'm actually going to be keeping this on a notepad right next to me, too. So you said that there's 11. So as we start naming, I'm going to start jotting them down and make sure we don't double anybody up here. Okay, so there's 11 that have hats. Okay. And you're going first because you have the better IMDb page. (laughs) Actually, yours got added on to, but we'll leave that here. Yeah, he's an idiot. All right, I'm going to start off with the obvious Hillbilly Jim. Okay, the great HBJ. Got it. I'm going Terry Funk. Okay. I will say Nikolai Volkov. Okay, Volkov is noted. Slick. I will go with Mr. Fuji. Okay. Thinking Outback Jack. Okay, I'm going to go Billy Jack Haynes. Okay, so we need 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. I'm thinking. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Thinking, thinking. And remember, Savage doesn't count because he has a headband. Same for SD Jones and Coco Beware. Correct. The hat could be removable. And Hogan doesn't count because he has a removable headband as well. Yes, also a skullet. <laughs> a skullet. Oh, Corporal Kirshner. Oh, good call. Removable skirt? Does that work? <laughs> no. Oh, oh. <laughs> Thought that would thought that would work. No, that's not uh, the hair he's talking about covering. Oh, we don't know. We oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep that PG rating. Okay. Um. So wait, how many do we have? We need eight, nine, and ten, and eleven. Yes, there's four more. This is actually really tough. No, it is. We've gotten down to the last four. Who had a hat? Okay, so there was. All right, let's talk Blackheart, Hogan, Warlord, Bigelow. 
Rude. Honky. Honky. Any tag teams? Beefcake tag- and Valentine, Sheik and Volkov. You already got Volkov. Killer Bees, Heart Foundation. Okay. They made the two packs with uh, Hillbilly, Jim, and Hogan, but we've already said Hillbilly. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> it's funny. I know people are in their car just yelling right Screaming now. Screaming at us right now. And we're not using Wrestling Figure Database. We're This is mind power, and we need four more. Four. We're not even like down to one, dude. This is like four more. Who was in Series 2? Was that Kerpel Kirshner? Savage. Steamboat. George Steele. No hats. Kamala didn't have a hat. Adrian Adonis didn't have a hat. Oh, I got it. Well, okay. So I think with the last four, we're going to just have to like just spit it out. Okay, Harley Race. Okay, so, okay, Harley. We kind of hit the roadblock, so we're going to have to, to speed this up, we'll kind of have to kind of just throw them out there. Okay, so we got Harley. <clears throat> yep, Harley. So we need three more. <laughs> this sucks because I, I have my LJNs in the front room and I can't look at them. <laughs> nope. Oh, so my bad, Jeff. I didn't have Fuji down on my list. So we need two more. I missed where you had Fuji. Okay, so we need two more. Okay, so here's who we have so far. Hillbilly Jim, Terry Funk, Nikolai Volkov. Correct. Slick, Outback Jack, Billy Jack Haynes, Corporal Kirshner, Harley Race, Mr. Fuji. Okay, so we need two more. Can you think of anybody that had a molded on hat outside of Corporal Kirshner? Wait, did Haku come with a crown? I know he was in his Islanders gear, but did he come with a crown? Uh, that one I don't know, because we never got that figure. Okay, I'm going to put him aside, because I don't remember on that one. We never had Haku. When do we tap out? I don't know. You tell me. I'm not ready to give up, though, man. I'm, like, racking my brain, because it took me a minute on Harley. Was there anybody with a headdress? No. Okay. And like you said, there were no masks. Damn killer bees not having the masks with them. Exactly. That would have rounded this thing out. Did Cowboy Bob come with a hat? Yes, he did. Cowboy Bob had a... Yes, he did. He did. He had a movable hat. Cowboy Bob Orton. Okay, we need one more. Okay. So, but we have to verify on Haku. So I will look on Wrestling Figure Database, but I will not... Yeah, just search Haku and then see if they have a carded picture of him. Oh, okay. I'll do a Google search on how to bake a potato. <laughs> And after determining it that 12 minutes should have been right out, <laughs> look up Carded Haku, LJN. God, how do we forget Cowboy Bob? Come on, guys. Okay, no crown. Okay, so Islanders Haku did not have a crown. But he was supposed to because he was supposed to get released in his king gear. Correct. But for some reason, they flipped it to his Islanders gear. So we're only one short still. Still one short. Man. If Killer Khan actually came out, he was supposed to have a he was uh, crown. supposed to have a hat. Yep. After a few minutes of racking our brains, we are going to tap out with one guy left. With one left. I just, I cannot think of it, dude, for the life of me. All right. So I'm going to go on to Wrestling Figure Database. And I'm, I'm surprised it if- took us that long to get to Cowboy Bob. Come on. Okay. So let's head on over to WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. WWF, LJ, and Grand Toys, Wrestling Superstars. All right. We said Hillbilly Jim, Managers... Okay, we said Corporal Kirshner. Yes. We said Mr. Fuji. Yes. We said Billy Jack. We said Bob Orton. Yep. There, there's Harley Race. Yep, got him. Okay, 1988. Axe, Bigelow, Duggan. Okay, there's Slick. Got Slick. Okay, Grant Toys. 
I'm already in Grand Toys, and who am I missing? Hold on. I'm even cheating, and I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not cheating. We've given up on number 11. Like, who was number 11? Bruno, no. Blassie, no. We didn't say Blassie. No, but he didn't have a hat. He had a cane. Oh, hat. my God. Who is it? Jesse Ventura. Oh, the bandana. The head wrap thing. Yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well played, Nate. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it literally got down to the end, and I'm trying to think of all the accessories that we had in the bag. I'm, th- I'm thinking of just hats. Or I'm trying to think of, like, did Axe come with a mask or anything like that? And it came down to a bandana. All right. Look. I'm not feeling so bad about that one. I think uh, racking our brains for an almost 40-year-old series of figures and not using Wrestling Figure Database until we absolutely had to cash in our chips and give up the ghost and be like, I I couldn't guess 11. I'm not feeling too bad about that. We lost two to a bandana. I think we did well. Let us know how you guys did. Obviously, this will be edited down for how long it actually took Scott and I. Scott and I were sitting here with only two guys left for quite a while, but... And because we respect Nate, we did not want to cheat. Correct. We did not cheat. Scout's honor. Scott's honor. Scott's (laughs) honor. Squat's honor. Not squat's honor. He has no honor. (laughs) But Scott's honor. We uh, did not cheat, and we left it with one. So, all right. Well played, Nate. That was a lot of fun, man. That was good. I like that a lot. Man. You guys are bringing it with the questions tonight. I'm loving this. Yeah, I'm enjoying this a lot. I am enjoying this immensely. Thank you, guys. You said immensely. Uh, That's a big word for me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, next question comes in from Justin Summers. Let's see what Justin's got to say. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers with my bi-weekly question this week. Before we get into the question, let's uh, review something from last week. Jeff had mentioned that I have a Danhausen collection, and my Danhausen collection is a little bit different than most because a lot of people have, you know, all these cards and the micro brawlers and some stuff that's come out in the past like couple years. Well, I've known Danhausen from before he blew up, and one thing that a lot of us local AIW fans that we loved about him was the fact that he had some of the best merch and it was a lot of hand-painted, handmade stuff. He was putting some time and effort into all of this. So I have like a hand-painted casket. I also have some paper masks, not to be confused with like the the plastic one. That came out a couple years ago, as well as the the nice light-up one that Ring of Honor came out with. I have three paper masks, and they're all three different versions of Danhausen. One that's closer to what it is now. Uh, He's done some tweaking since then, but it's it's a very early-on version. There is one for a company that he worked for called Old Wrestling, and the premise for this organization is is it takes place in the 1920s, 1930s, kind of like around that time so Danhausen could be regular Danhausen he is a little bit more of a silent film vampire ish kind of guy uh, so I have the paper mask of that and then I also have uh pre this version of Danhausen he did like some way different face paint and one of them was a homage to they live 
and the aliens. So I have one of that one too. And that one is a one of one because he was only doing his face paint one. But uh, circling back to that is the whole VHS tape that Danhausen has or had at one point. And there is actually things on this VHS tape. And what he did was he took a lot of promos that he was doing at that time and put them on the VHS. And this is like early this version of Danhausen before he kind of went into being funny and everything. He was more spooky and creepy. And that's kind of like where Danhausen used to be, even with like the uh, certain different face paint study he was doing. Like, you know, he'd always carry like one of the, like a really long nail to the ring uh, and all that kind of stuff. So when he was starting to transition to uh, this different version, it's when uh, this VHS tape kind of takes place. And at the time, I did not own a VCR. And then when I ended up getting one a little over a year later, that was one of the first, if not, I think the first VHS tapes I put in. All right. Taking up too much time. Uh, you guys brought up IMDb last week. And uh, I've decided that's where my question is going to come from. Well, first off, I, I do have a question for Scott because I pulled up both of your IMDb's. And, you know, Jeff's is pretty, pretty plain. But I was trying to find the footage. Of, is this real? Is this the uh, mix up? And it's, it's it's not bad, but. Scott, were you on a funny or die video, uh, gay of thrones? I don't think being gay is a, a, is a bad thing. I just want to see this cause I want to, I want to see your, you taking place in this, which is basically like, a as far as the research that I did on it is, uh, like a game of thrones recap type of video. I, I want clarification cause they, they say that Scott Toon is known for his work on gay of thrones and the toys that made us. So, uh, Clarification there, but that's not uh, where my actual question is. I just, I do want to know. I'm pulling up my IMDb app. And one thing that I started doing this year, and I used to do it before on a completely different app, but they really, really screwed it up. But I, I now use IMDb to keep track of the movies I want to see. I know this weekend, you guys are going to see Jackass 4, and I love going to the movie theater. Whether off the top of your head, or even like you can use IMDb. I mean, you guys are on there but uh what movies coming out this year are you looking forward to uh for me i really want to see the batman i grew up loving batman and i've kind of fallen off a little bit with them because they haven't put out anything good since the nolan films and marvel has really taken over since then so i'm looking for a great new direction for batman i love the mcu so that's our, like already just guarantee i'm gonna go see you know doctor strange and black panther but i'm also looking forward to seeing the Bob's Burgers movie. Um, I'm actually like a season behind. Probably won't even matter, but I, I'm, I'm going to try to catch up. I really enjoyed the first Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse movie. And they're coming out with a sequel called Across the Spider-Verse. So I think that's going to be fun. And then lastly, right now, two movies that are coming out at the end of the year. Maybe they move to 2023, but uh, Avatar 2. Just because let's get this sequel out of the way. It's been so many years. Let's see if they shit the bed or not. And then the uh, the Mario movie that they're working on. Uh, it's you know it's been a long time since we've seen a Mario movie, and we know how the first one was. I mean, as a kid, I liked it, but it was pretty bad. But anyway, sorry for being so long. I know some people don't like it when I go this long, but I want to elaborate on the Dan House and stuff and get into my question and everything. So that uh, will do it for me this week. Thank you for everything you guys do. You guys are awesome. I'm sorry the Bills lost, and it's really weird the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I will take my answers off the air. Later. 
Okay, Scott, uh, do you want to explain your IMDb page? Yeah, my idiot co-host on Drunk Wrestling History decided it would be hilarious to add on to The Toys That Made Us and put me in another film. As Justin points it out, apparently I was in Gay of Thrones. I'm not familiar with this movie, but I can only imagine what it's about. But I can tell you, I was not in that movie. Okay, so it's actually a funnier die skit, I think. Oh, it is? Yes. I, Dude, the way the adult film industry goes, it would not surprise me if that was just a play on the title and it was yes. an adult film. Like, that's exactly what I thought it was when I saw it. So how come you haven't gone in and re-edited it? Because I don't care. <laughs> I actually laughed when he sent me the screenshot of what he did. And I should have known better than to tell him, hey, dude, guess what? Jeff looked it up and we have an IMDb page. And I sent him the link. I should have known better than to show him that because, of course, his dumb ass was going to go in and put something like that on there. How does he get to go in and edit it? Is it like Wikipedia? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's all it is? That's all. Yeah. So, it, look, at this point, go in and add whatever the hell you want. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Scott gave you guys free reigns. The handcuffs are off. Go. I just have one request. You have to put me in Pee-wee's Big Adventure from 1985. I'm one of the randoms walking around in the little downtown area when his bike gets stolen. Whatever. I just want to be in that movie. So somebody put me in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. All right. You guys have free reign to just go put Scott in whatever movie he wants. Yes. Uh, also, feel free to put me at any of the WrestleManias I was actually at. That would be funny. If you need the list, I can give it to you. That's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> you weren't actually on screen at these WrestleManias. You were just Adam in the crowd. Yes, I was at them. But if there is a spot where you can pick the Kurt Russell Reunion 3 PWG show from 2012, uh-huh. you and I were ringside for that and on camera. So there oh, you go. Oh, that's right. That Good can point. be added to our IMDb page. Eddie's an idiot. I think it's jealousy. Well, yeah, sure, yeah. I think I think it's jealousy. He wants an IMDb page. <laughs> Adam actually used that joke in the roast. He was like, because I think he was doing Steven Regal. He was like, Adam, you were on Wipeout. Scott, you were on The Toys That Made Us. Eddie, what have you done? <laughs> I think he's still stinging from that one a little bit. All right, Scott. We're going to go see Jackass no- numero four tomorrow. Yes. So what other movies are you looking forward to? Much like Justin, the Batman, for sure. I am super excited. Owen's been texting me about that one on um, Facebook Messenger. Can't agree with him more. I'm super excited about that one. Seeing which direction they take Batman in now. And really, the only other movie I was super excited about this year was John Wick 4. But that's been bumped out to 23. So really, after Batman, and to be perfectly honest, I don't go to the movies a lot. I really don't. So it's one of those things it has got to be... You know, in my wheelhouse, uh, Batman, of course. I'm not super into the Marvel movies like I used to be. Doctor Strange might be, but I never even went and saw Spider-Man. So I don't know that I'm going to go see Doctor Strange, but John Wick 4 definitely was on my list. That got bumped. So really, it's the Batman. Look, Jackass 4, Batman, and then that's it. We'll see what else, you know, kind of gets my interest up. Maybe the DC superhero Animals. That's going to be an animated movie that's upcoming that I know Peyton wants to go see. So there's always those movies that pop up where Peyton's like, I want to go see it. And so we take her to see it. Luckily, Ghostbusters Afterlife last year 
which coincidentally is the last movie I went and saw. Um, luckily, Peyton, Peyton wanted to see that one too. So we all went as a family to see that one. After Batman, that's probably going to be the movie I go see next is that DC Animals one. I do want to see that one. Uh, isn't The Rock doing one of the voices? Yeah, I think he's Crypto. Yeah, I want to see that one. Yeah, um, it looks pretty good. We saw the trailer for it when we went and saw Ghostbusters, and it looks good. So I think that's probably going to be the one we go see after Batman. Chad Horror Movie Barbecue, he actually brought up a great point. He goes, I'm tired of Batman movies being dark. Yeah. He's 100% correct, dude. Like, what was the one that came out in 2006? Wasn't that Batman Begins or something like that? Uh, 05 was, yes, Batman Begins. That was the beginning of the Nolan trilogy. Okay. And then the one with Bane where they're at Heinz Field. Okay, that was kind of a, a light up scene, but that movie seemed dark. And I agree with them. There's it's just every time I see a Batman movie, it's just always dark. Well, I really enjoyed the Nolan trilogy. I thought it was fantastic. I did not enjoy the Schumacher films. Okay. Uh Batman Forever was good. I did think that one was okay, but Batman and Robin was an abomination. It was horrible. And I thoroughly enjoyed Batman 89 and Batman Returns. I love those films. But I grew up on Adam West Batman. So I love that 66 series and the movie that they made with the same cast of characters. Uh I adore Batman 66. All right. Um, I didn't know Bob's Burger was coming out this year. So I do want to see that one. I do want to see the DC Super Pets and then Jackass 4 I can't wait for. I do have to say, this is the first time I'm going to a movie theater, I think, since 2019 or 2018. Oh, so you never even went and saw Ghostbusters? No, no. Oh, wow. Okay. To be honest, I don't know what the last movie was that I saw in the theater. So It would have been funny if the last movie you went and saw was Jackass 3. (laughs) It feels like it. You know, it was probably Deadpool 2. Uh, When did Deadpool 2 come out? Mm, 19 I think you you might be correct okay nailed it's it not, not the last movie I watched but the last movie I went to the theaters for so I think you might be right I think it might be Deadpool 2 I know you you know me oh so well it's like we like we're brothers or something thank you again Justin for your bi-weekly question we love you over here man Scott last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson hey Jeff and Scott JT here back with that bi-weekly question What's your guys' least favorite thing about winter? Aside from the cold weather, I'm not a fan of daylight savings time. Yeah, it's fine. First, because we get an extra hour of sleep and you got Christmas lights to look in, look at in December. But when the Christmas lights go down, my need for sun to stay out longer goes up. Nothing. I love wintertime. You love everything about it? Oh, dude, I love wintertime. What about shrinkage, Jerry? So what? The nipples are out further than the you-know-what. So it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Wow, when you turn on the brights, you really turn on the brights. <laughs> no, I love wintertime, dude. You got Christmas, you got Royal Rumble, you've got Thanksgiving. I know Thanksgiving kind of still falls into the fall time. No, dude, I love wintertime. I love the cold. I hate being hot. Actually, I dislike summer because of the heat. So, hmm. okay. Yeah, I love wintertime. I'm not going to say it's my favorite season. I think fall might, but winter's right up there. It's probably number two. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of along the same lines as you. I'm not a big fan of the heat. And unfortunately, I live in the Central Valley. And it gets really, really hot out here. Yeah, let's thank, talk about that. Yeah, thank goodness we have a swimming pool and climate control in the house. Because if I didn't have either of those things, I wouldn't be living out here. It gets unbearable during the summer. Like, just too hot. 
So when the cold comes, I'm like, oh, thank, I love this. Amazing. Give me the cold weather. But I do hit a point where I've had it with the cold. And I do hit a point, like JT said, where you kind of want daylight savings time back. I don't like that it gets dark at like 5.15. I love when it's light outside until like 8 o'clock. So there is a part of me that really does love the summers for the extended sunlight and chilling in the swimming pool on a float with some music and a drink in your hand, doing some barbecuing. I do love that. But when it gets hot out here, it gets way too hot. And the cold is such a nice reprieve. So what do I hate about winter? I think I'm going to go along JT's lines and just be saying that I wish it was lighter later. Ah, dude. And also he brought up a great point. You get an extra hour of sleep back. That is true. Yes. I celebrate the time change. I always, I always flip the mattress. I always, Oh, that's uh, smart. I put on new sheets. I always celebrate the extra hour of sleep. Light some candles, put on some Kenny G. No, I don't go to bath. I I, I see what you're putting down here. No, 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 no. I go to bed at like nine or 10 to make sure I, I fully absorb the extra hour of sleep. I see. Cause when springtime comes. Yeah. I hate springtime. Yeah. You th- yeah, you throw that clock forward. Oh, dude, I get so pissed. Yeah, you hate springing ahead. I hate springing ahead, so. <gasps> Thank you, JT, for your bi-weekly question. Scott, that rounds out the show. We want everybody to t- check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Over there, you can check out the three-month average over on eBay for LJ and Galoobs, Hasbro's Just Toy Bendem, Defining Moments, and Retro. So check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Dot com. Of course, check out our buddies Breaker and Bane, of course, over at the Power Hour. Check them out, talking wrestling, talking everything under the sun. Also, check out Breaker Side Projects TB Toycast with the great Travis Fowler. And you know it's fake, right? Also, speaking of Brian Breaker, he was on Doing the Favor this past week. They were doing a watch-along on Royal Rumble 2006. That was a lot of fun because Breaker had more stories that he didn't even tell on this show for he saved for Doing the Favor. So it actually was really a lot of fun listening to those guys. Nice. Yeah, so check out Doing the Favor podcast for their watch-along of 2006 Royal Rumble. Also, check out their website doingthefavor.com Steve and Eric were back together again, back in the saddle again. Is that wait? Yes, that's an ACDC song, Jeff. Okay, okay, back in the saddle. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Didn't... No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's not. It's Aerosmith. My bad. Not ACDC. Okay. It's an Aerosmith song. Okay. Anyways, they were back in the saddle again over at the PPW podcast this past week. It was a lot of fun listening to them two back together again over at the Positively Pro Wrestling podcast. Our good buddies, Seth, Sheena, and Marco had a fun listen talking about the Royal Rumble. So they did a recap, and it was a lot of fun to listen to. We love you guys over there. Check them out over at the Chick-fil-A show. Justin, you heard him earlier over at Wrestling Cheers, has a fun show recapping AIW Wrestling up in the Northeast Ohio area. Also, our good buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant. Marty and Rucker do boot to the face. They were in St. Louis this past week having a blast, look like. Tim is pulling up a chair constantly with the Fig Life community. Check him out at pulling up the chair. And Scott, what you got for drunk wrestling history? Yes, give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. The show that dropped this past Friday was Living Dangerously 98, Ooh. an ECW pay-per-view. If you've never seen it, go check it out. Listen to the show. We'll fill you in. A lot of fun. We had a great time watching that show. Um, Adam 
amazing host. Eddie's just an idiot. But uh, we're drunk wrestling history. We're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. Living dangerously. A good recap on that one. Thank you. And uh, you'll enjoy when we talk about the spot where Taz and Bigelow went through the, the ring canvas. Uh-huh. And then Sonny almost fell into the hole that was created during that match. <laughs> Didn't they tarp off or like put caution tape around that section because they had another <laughs> match? <laughs> yes. And okay. we, we actually touch on that. The incredible job that the ring crew did basically dangling <laughs> caution tape from the corner ropes <laughs> and not actually sectioning off the hole in the ring. But we get to that. We get to that. Oh, that's hilarious. But check out Drunk Wrestling History. Also check out Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia. Bud, Scott, roll call. Before I throw it out to our artist, Jason Wolf, I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Ryan Belial, who sent me a gift last week in the mail. He sent it literally the day after we had recorded, Jeff, so I wasn't able to thank him last week. But he sent me... And Ryan's not collecting wrestling figures anymore. He's gotten out of the game. Oh, he he, got out. Yeah, he got out. But he happened to get his hands on this Legion of Doom slash Road Warriors collectible. I had never seen it before. It's essentially a mashup of Madballs and the Road Warriors. Whoa. Where one side is Animal's face and the other side is Hawk's. Uh Uh-huh. It's amazing. And it comes in a little net bag. It's got a little um, cardboard closure on it. So, of course, I'm not going to open it. But when I get the DTOF, it's definitely going in there because I was looking for, like, something different Uh for my wrestling collection. And that nailed it. And plus, it's LOD. I love LOD. And it's a mashup of something from the 80s and the Madballs. Absolutely love it. So, I wanted to thank Ryan huge for sending that one over. Whoa, dude. That's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. When we stop recording, I'll actually go get it and I'll show it to you over the camera. But want to thank Ryan big time for that one. I truly appreciate the kind gift. It's it's just unexpected. And when it happens, it's just awesome. And when that happens to Jeff, when it happens to myself, we just truly appreciate it. And of course, I want to throw it out to Jason Wolf. Check out his website, Doyle. That's D-O-Y-L-E draws.com. Check out his custom figures that he's cutting up in the chop shop. Check out his artwork. Get in touch with him. Get some artwork for yourself. DoyleDraws.com. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call. Ryan Belial actually sent over one of my favorite gifts. It's uh, Bret Hart BCA, but he's painted up in the WrestleMania 2 blue. It's I love it. I still have it up in my room. That's awesome. That is awesome. I will be seeing you tomorrow, but in the meantime, for episode 300... Oh, yeah, Steve Austin's episode 316. <laughs> I feel I should be cracking a beer right now, but I don't have a beer. Go get one. No, it's Thursday night. and we'll be going to bed after this. I'm not trying to tie one on. It'll just make me full. And then I'll want to have four more. You know, it's a slippery <laughs> slope. It's like collecting Funkos. Okay, if you were getting a beer, which one would you be getting? You know, actually, Adam sent us a Christmas package. And he had gotten me that fully posable jersey. And he uh-huh. sent over, like, I think it was 12 beers. I think it was three four-packs from a local brewery. Uh-huh. So I don't even know what's in there. I just know I have a lot of beer in the fridge. I don't even know what the selections are, but I think there's one called Guerrero's. Los Guerrero's? Yes. So that would probably be the one that I would grab for this episode had I planned ahead for episode 316. (laughs) Well, okay. Imaginary beer it is from a local brewery. (laughs) Yes. Very very exciting, Scott. Very well. Not even Broken Skull. Like, we didn't plan this well at all. 
for this for the Stone Cold episode of episode 316. Scott, anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy, fig life since 2016, and happy toy hunting. No fist life. <laughs> no fist life 316 says never mind. <laughs> I can't go there. Uh, fist life. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 316. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Holy uh, yeah. Let's go! Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. With the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.